you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 37. Next week we're going to start a new series called Follow Me. We're going to walk through Matthew chapter 3 and Matthew 4, and so be looking forward to that. So if you want to go ahead and read those two chapters, you can do so this week. But today is a very, very special day. Today is Dream Center Sunday. Look at your neighbor and say, it's Dream Center Sunday. It's a huge, huge deal, and so we're going to unpack a little bit more about that in a second. But dreams, and the Dream Center has the word dream in it for a reason. Dreams are powerful things. Dreams are what can move you from from living the life you have to living the life you want to live. Like they're powerful, powerful things. In elementary school and kindergarten, we ask kids to dream about who and what they want to be when they grow up. Dreams are powerful. One clinical psychologist did some measurements. They think average daydream, dream during the day, lasts about 14 seconds, and we have over 2,000 daydreams a day. I Meaning we're daydreaming about getting off work. We're daydreaming about maybe getting a better job or a different job. As adults, we're daydreaming, like daydreaming. One person also said that you could tell somebody gets old when they stop dreaming. Dreams are that powerful that dreams compel and propel our lives to our destiny that God has in store for us. Years ago, there was a young man who, as a, as a kid, his mom and them would tuck him into bed every night. It was time to go to bed, and, and he was already up in bed for like an hour. They get busy trying to do dishes and clean up, and they go up there, and he's just looking out of the window. It's one of those nights that's just pitch black with some beautiful stars. Moon was full and bright coming through his window. And his mom asked him, said, son, it's time to go to bed. He said, I can't. I'm just amazed by looking at the moon. He said, well, no, you have to go to bed. He said, no, mom, one day I'm going to be on that moon. I'm going to walk on the moon. And this is way back in the 1940s. He said, okay, sure, Johnny. He goes to bed later on. And it's a teenager, he's an accident on a motorcycle, breaks every single bone in his body. Had some setbacks in life, but he became one of the 12 people, Jimmy Irwin, who actually walked on the moon. And it started as a dream, as a six-year-old boy looking up at the sky. I saw a thing on Instagram this week where Chip and Joanna Gaines, 18 years ago, Everything you see on HDTV, or when you walk into Target and you see their overpriced goods, when you go to Magnolia Village there in Waco, which there's no reason to ever go to Waco, except for Magnolia Silos, when you go there, it started as a dream, where Joanna Gaines started a small little decor shop, took a risk with a dream. Dreams are powerful. They're powerful. And they come from God. God is a giver of dreams. In Joel 2.28, it says this. It says, And it shall come to pass after that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. That when you read the Bible, God is a giver of dreams. Whether it's Abraham looking up at the stars and dreaming about a large family, even though he didn't even have a child. Whether it's Jacob dreaming by the river, seeing a ladder from heaven to earth. Whether it's Joseph who had a dream from God that he would someday rule over his brothers. That God is a giver of dreams. That God likes to spark and provoke his people to dream about something bigger and something better. A dream is nothing more than just a deep passion and aspiration for a better future. That's that's all a dream is. That there's something burning inside of you for something 
better. And God places that dream inside of us as a burden, as a passion for a better future for myself, for my life. That's what faith is. Faith is a deep inner passion and hope for a better future with Jesus. And inside of us is always this desire, this burden, this passion for a better future. If you don't have a dream for a better future, then you've begun to grow old as an old man or an old woman. If you don't dream, if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a purpose, you don't have a passion inside of you, it doesn't matter. This verse says in Joel, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, that you should be dreaming. If you're older and you're retired and you stop dreaming, your dream is what keeps you alive longer. Retirement will kill you faster than Corona. It's amazing when people win the lottery, how their lifespan decreases because they stop dreaming. It's amazing how when people retire, their lifespan decreases because they stop dreaming. A dream is what keeps you alive and keeps you growing and keeps you searching for more in life. A dream is a powerful, powerful thing. Joseph in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 37, when you read the Genesis, you, you get the story of Adam and Eve, you get the story of Noah, you get the story of, of Abraham, but you get to chapter 37 all the way to 50, it's a story about Joseph. And one of the most amazing books written on the book of Genesis is God Meant It for Good by Dr. R.T. Kendall. It walks you through the process of Joseph and the story of Joseph. And Joseph is this young man, a teenager, many believe he was 14 years old. He was given a dream, and his dream just stirred his heart, and as that dream started, another dream would come, and it stirred his heart and his passion. And it says this in verse 5, now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And he said to them, hear this dream that I've dreamed. Behold, we're binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dream and for his words. So Genesis 37 starts with him sharing his dream with his brothers, which sometimes your dream should not be shared to the people it's going to affect, especially if you have 11 brothers. Brothers are very competitive. And he shares this dream with his brothers, and the story kind of goes like this. He shares the story with his brothers. They get fed up with him. They throw him into a pit to die. They see some nomadic slave traders come by, and so instead of letting him die, they sell him to the slave traders, sell him into slavery. His actual brothers, you think your family's rough? They haven't sold you into slavery yet. They sell him into slavery. They fake his death to his father. So his father thinks he's dead. Now he's in a slave quarters with a Potiphar's wife. She accuses him of rape falsely. So now he's thrown into the dungeon where now he's sitting there to rot to death. Then all of a sudden, two servants of Pharaoh come in. He interprets their dreams. They go, their dreams come true. They tell him, we're going to get you out of here. They forget about him. He stays there, stays there, stays there until finally he's called to Pharaoh's quarters to interpret his his dream, his dream comes to pass. Pharaoh gives him favor. Pharaoh puts him in power, and the dream starts to look like it comes true. All of a sudden, there's a famine in all of the land. Joseph's brothers are brought back to Egypt to find wheat and 
some food to provide for their families and their father. And Joseph is the one who's determining who gets what provisions or resources. So they come, and Joseph realizes the dream is coming to pass. So it's amazing, maybe 50 years have passed between the dream and the realization of the dream. But the dream came to pass nonetheless. But I'd have to believe that it was the dream that got Joseph through the pit. I think it was the dream that got him through the false accusations in Potiphar's house. I think it was the dream that got him through those long, lonely, cold, dark, nasty nights in the dungeon. I believe it's the dream that pushed him through being forgotten and left forsaken in the dungeon. I believe it's the dream. See, when you have a dream, it doesn't matter how rough your life is. If you have a dream, you have something to hold on to and look forward to, even if today is not the best of days. It was the dream. And so God is a giver of dreams because even if you go through a season of suffering, it's the dream that will keep you encouraged. For even Jesus needed encouragement. It was for the joy that was set before him that he was able to endure the suffering of the cross. You need a dream in front of you to endure some things in life. And so God gives us all dreams to endure, to hold on to, to look forward to. Maybe for you as a young boy or young girl, it's a dream to be a firefighter or a dream to be a policeman or a dream to be a mom or a dream to be a dad or a dream to be a missionary or a dream to own a business or a dream. Whatever your dream, there was a dream somewhere deep inside of you. That maybe it's gotten covered up through life, covered up through responsibility, covered up through pain, covered up through trauma, covered up through abuse, covered up. And that dream is still there. Because God is a giver of dreams. But if God is a giver of dreams, much like Joseph had this dream, if God is the giver of dreams, then Satan or the enemy is the stealer of dreams or the dream thief. So God gives dreams, the enemy is the thief. John 10.10 10 says this. It says, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So God has given you a dream life, but the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy that life. Anytime God gives something, the enemy wants to take it away. And in life, that includes dreams. If God gives you a dream, the enemy's number one focus is to steal that dream away. Because if he can take the dream away, he can discourage you in times of suffering and get you to quit and give up on God. If you don't believe me, read the book of Job. The whole purpose of the book of Job was to steal Job's dream away so he'd curse God and die. And so when we see people who looks like they've turned their back on God or, or they've cursed God or they're running away from God. It's people that's had their dreams stolen by the enemy. And they blame God instead of blaming the enemy. And so the enemy doesn't normally steal dreams by just taking it from you. He will let you keep your dream, but he'll begin to plant tares amongst the dreams in your life. So it looks like false dreams, false hope, false promises, false prophets, false ideas. It'll be all types of distractions. He'll just plant lesser value dreams around you to get you to chase and hold on to things that will never produce the joy that a God-given dream will produce. And he is so good at making sure you lose out 
by letting go of one dream to grab a hold of a nightmare. And so many people have let go of a God dream because maybe it takes 50 years, maybe it takes 40 years, maybe it takes 30 years to grab a hold of a nightmare because you can reap the benefits immediately. Because the enemy is a dream thief. One young boy years ago, his dad was a, was a horse cowboy out of the Midwest. He was an itinerant horseman. They'd go town to town to do horse shows, take care of horses and stables and ranches, kind of a helping hand on, on ranches. But the young boy's dream was to own his own ranch. And so in, in his senior year of high school, they asked him to write a paper on their dream. So the whole senior class had to write a paper on their dream. And this kid's been waiting. He wrote his dream. I'm going to own a 400-acre ranch. I'm going to have this type of horse and these type of horses. I have a 2,000-square-foot house. have these type of stables. He wrote 4,000 words about his dream, and he turns it in. And two days later, gets it back, and there's a big, fat, red F on the paper with a note, see me after class. He sees this teacher after class. He says, ma'am, why did I get an F? She said, because your dream is not a reality. He said, you're an itinerant horseman's son. You don't have the money to buy 400 acres of land. You don't have the money to buy the first couple of horses that you can start breeding together to reproduce and multiply and get all these horses. You don't have the money to build a 2,000 square foot house. You're an itinerant farmer's son. Like, it's impossible. It's not a reality. He says, so you need to rewrite this paper and bring it back, and I'll give you a better grade. So he goes home, and he's at this point of, do I give up my, give up my dream for an A? He talks to his dad about his dad, says, you're in a predicament. He's like, you can either take the F and hold on to your dream or give up your dream and get an A. He goes back the next day, takes the exact same paper, turns it back in, and says, I'd rather keep the F and keep my dream than to get an A and lose my dream. The kid graduates, he becomes an itinerant horseman, raises it, saves up his money, works hard, ends up buying a ranch, getting his horse, producing horses, and some 30 years later, that same teacher brought 28 kids to his horse ranch for a field trip. And when she looked on the wall right by the fireplace, framed was a 4,000-page essay with a big red F that said, see me after class. The teacher grabbed him afterwards. She says, I, I want to apologize. She's like, I had given up on my dreams and settled for being a teacher that I never wanted to be. And she said, when my kids would dream, I would try to get them back to reality like me. And she said, I probably stole more dreams than I could ever think of. But you didn't let me steal yours. And she's like, I'm so proud of you. See, it's not enough to have a dream. You have to have a dream and hold on to your dream for it to come to pass. And there's people in your life, and Joseph, in this story, there's, there's three things I think that steal dreams faster than anyone else or anything else. And here's the three. The number one is this, toxic relationships. Joseph had a dream, but he had some toxic brothers. Now, I don't know about your family tree, but mine probably has some toxicity in it somewhere. Kind of like that old Alabama fan who poisoned the tree at Auburn. I think he poisoned my family tree some couple hundred years ago. 
there's some toxicity. Whether it's an abusive relationship, whether it's an abusive mom or an abusive dad. Maybe the relationships there are planted by the enemy to steal your dream. Joseph had a dream, and these brothers couldn't handle him having a dream and them not having one. Because one of the worst things that can happen is for you to have a dream and the people around you live in reality and not dream, so they try to bring you back down to their level. And so here's Joseph with his dream. They called him the dreamer because he was so full of hope and expectation and faith that who is this dreamer? Joseph had this dream, but there was toxic relationships around him. And when people are toxic, they'll get you to give up what you have in order for them to have what they want to have. And so Joseph shares his dream, but the toxic relationship says, if we can't get him to stop dreaming, we'll kill the dreamer. We'll throw him in the pit. We'll throw him in the dungeon. We'll sell him into slavery, and that will get him to stop dreaming. But when you have a dream, it's impossible to stop dreaming. There's so many people, me and Toy talk about it. There's so many young women who we know that God has given a dream in their heart whether it's for ministry, whether it's for life, whether it's whatever it may be, there's this deep passion for a better future. And they will trade that dream for a man. Because they think the man will supply everything that the dream will supply. It will supply contentment. It will supply joy. It will supply provision. It will supply protection. And in doing so, they exchange the dream for a man, but nine times out of ten, the man doesn't care about the dream because the man doesn't care what the dream is. The man cares what the woman will give him. And they will steal their dream in order to fulfill their own dream. And so many times, you'll see people who lose out on their dreams It's because of broken relationship, broken relationship, broken relationship, broken relationship, broken relationship, broken relationship. And I'll tell you, broken relationships usually equal broken dreams. Two, what you see with Joseph. He's in the house of Potiphar. He's a slave. He's thrown into the dungeon. He's dirt broke and poor. So if toxic relationships doesn't steal his dream, then maybe the enemy can use poverty to steal his dream. Because that is survival mode. When you're in survival mode, it's impossible to dream about tomorrow. It's proven across cultures that cultures become innovative when they have more than enough resources to eat, drink, and live. When there's a surplus, you have time to sit around and think and dream about tomorrow. That when you're in survival mode, when you're just trying to make it today, when you're living paycheck, to paycheck, and you're just trying to make it. It's hard to thrive when you can't survive. And here's Joseph in a dungeon. The enemy thinks, okay, if if his brothers can't take his dream away, maybe poverty can. And as he sits there, he sits there in poverty, he's still dreaming about the dreams. And some people I've heard say, well, you know, if you're poor, you can always just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That sounds like a great idea, but if you don't have boots, it's hard to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Or if you've never seen anybody pull themselves up by the bootstraps, it's hard to have a context or a perspective of what could be because you're so poor, you're looking for crumbs to eat, it's hard to dream about tomorrow. 
So the enemy tried toxic relationships. He tried to put him in survival mode. And then finally, he just went to broken promises. Then Joseph interpreted a dream for the, the baker and the cupbearer. Interpreted a dream. And they both said, we will not forget about you when we go to Pharaoh. We're going to mention your name. Only as soon as they got to Pharaoh, you know who they forgot? Joseph. Broken promises, shattered dreams. What happens is many times if toxic relationships don't steal your dreams, if survival mode doesn't steal your dreams, then shattered dreams usually does. When you see that opportunities are missed, that you're getting older, your dream hasn't come to pass. I used to make fun of musicians because if you're an athlete, by the time you're 18, you know you're probably not going to make it to be a paid athlete. Probably by the time you're six years old, you know you're not going to make it. Your last football game will be your senior year in high school for most people. But if you're a musician, you can be 80 years old thinking you still got a chance to write the next big hit. And so they'll just keep it going and keep it going. But something happens after you think you have a shot and it falls flat. Then you think you have a shot and then it falls flat. And you think you have a shot then it falls flat. It's easy to give up on a dream when all your other dreams begin to fall flat. And the enemy has gotten so good at planting toxic relationships in dreamers' lives, trying to place dreamers in survival mode so they won't think about thriving, they'll just think about surviving. He does it to churches that instead of getting them to thrive, they're just trying to survive and pay the bills, just trying to get a few people in the pews. Instead of thriving, they're just surviving. And if that doesn't work, then maybe we can just shatter their dreams and break some promises, and then they'll give up on their dreams. Abraham Lincoln, just some of the broken dreams he had. He lost his job in 1832. And then he was defeated for state legislator that same year. So I guess if he lost his job. He said, I guess the easiest job to get is one in Congress. Then he failed in business in 1833. He was elected to state legislator in 1834. His sweetheart and fiance died in 1835. He had a nervous breakdown in 1836. He was defeated as speaker in 1838, defeated for nomination for Congress in 1843, elected to Congress in 1846, lost renomination in 1848, rejected for a land officer in 1849, defeated for the U.S. Senate in 1854, defeated for nomination as vice president in 1856, and then finally defeated again for U.S. Senate in 1858, only to be elected president in 1860. But you know what that tells me? Two things. One, it doesn't mean it matter how many times you fail, there's always another opportunity to dream again. But two, it tells me if you lose every job you apply for, you can always be president of the United States. <laughs> there's always a possibility. But the question would be this. What dream did you have that you started pursuing and was shattered and you gave up on? What dream did God place in your heart, whether to start a business, whether to work for yourself, whether it was to, to be a missionary, to be in ministry, to whatever it may be, what did he place in your heart that you've given up on because of broken promises or shattered dreams? I want to encourage you that Joseph spent 50 years 
between hearing the dream, seeing the dream, and it coming to pass. President Lincoln went from 1832 to 1860, 28 years of broken dreams before he saw his dream come to pass. You still have time. Like, you still have time. And the reason that we're celebrating the Shoals Dream Center today is because it exists to help the people that the enemy is stealing the dreams of through toxic relationships, through poverty and being in survival mode, through broken promises and shattered dreams, that we believe God is a dream giver. And that if he can get his dream inside of people, there's a hope that rises up that can change the trajectory of people's lives. It is needed. The Shoals is an area of broken dreams and broken promises. There's a whole lot of good dreams. You have some amazing testimonies and stories of dreams coming true through Fame Studios, through some of the musicians. But for every musician who's made it, there's musicians who are broken and lost their dreams. For every person that started a business, there's numerous people that have had their dreams shattered and now they're struggling to make it. For every person that dreamed of the perfect marriage that maybe we see happen every once in a while, there's numerous other people in the shoals that have had marriages fall apart, left with nothing but poverty. Like the shoals is the place that needs God dreams to come back alive. So I want you to check out this video real quick. Over 24% of the people in our community live below the poverty line. That's 24% of our community that don't know where their next meal is going to come from. And these many people, it's not circumstantial poverty. It's actually generational poverty. They don't know what it looks like to live outside of poverty. And the greatest type of poverty is not economic poverty. It's actually poverty of dreams. And when you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, it's hard to dream for tomorrow. And that's why the Shoals Dream Center exists, to provide practical resources to help people break out of generational poverty. We exist to provide a hub so they can experience help for today and help them find hope for tomorrow, to help them dream again about a better tomorrow, to fuel hope, but also provide amazing practical resources for them to have help for today. Over 1,000 families a month come to the Shoals Dream Center looking for food assistance and groceries. But they leave with so much more than just food. They leave with help for today, but also hope for tomorrow. As a matter of fact, they're added value to their lives. They're given hope. They're loved. They're welcomed. It's not just a regular food bank experience. They're literally coming into a family. All 1,000 plus families that we serve enter right through here. Uh, they get to see Angela. She welcomes them with value, love, and just encouragement, hope-filled atmosphere. We have a brand new lobby that is sponsored by David Christopher's in Sheffield, Alabama. And so that we want to create a hope-filled environment for every single person we serve. As a matter of fact, since March 2019, we've given away over 3 million pounds of food to our community. 4,430 families, individual families, have came through these doors to receive help and hope. Actually, it's almost 26,000 appointments of people coming looking for assistance. But they don't just receive food. They don't just get a box of food or a bag of food. Actually, they receive a voucher 
to go shop in our individualized boutique grocery store right in our facility. It's set up like a mini grocery store. They get to go around and pick their own groceries for what their family wants. It's a way to add value to them, to make them feel valuable and like they're providing for their families. As you make your way on back, uh, we have our back area, which is for Dream Center Academy, where all of our uh, amazing students um, from fourth, fifth, sixth grade from community city schools come for individualized one-on-one -on -one mentoring and tutoring. Dream Center Academy exists to help at-risk Title I students, give them extra attention, extra mentoring, extra tutoring to see them be able to achieve all of their dreams. And so three days a week, 20 plus students that are at risk, under-resourced students come to the Shoals Dream Center to find an atmosphere of hope and positivity, but also find training, help for today, for their grades, for their teaching, for their education, but also hope for tomorrow to spark and provoke dreams in young people. Yeah, one of the most difficult communities in our area, statistically, is West Florence. There's just so much generational poverty there, and we've decided to sponsor the Cypress Point neighborhood and community. And so once a quarter, the Shoals Dream Center sponsors Adopt-A-Block right there at Cypress Point, which is an amazing event to build community and add value to that entire neighborhood. And so what is Adopt-A-Block? Adopt a Block is, is this one Saturday, one Sunday afternoon where we just go in to add value, hope, and help the community. So there's always Kids Jam. Kids Jam is a great event where kids are given a hope-inspiring message, activities, games. We've done water slides and inflatables, carnival-type games, but there's also a chance to add value to single mothers. So we'll take time and deliver diapers and formula door-to-door -to, -door to single moms throughout the entire neighborhood and then we always should add some type of community building project there as well so with all that we do over a thousand families a month that are being served over 20 some odd students being mentored and tutored at dream center academy there's always more need than we have resources to meet we would love to add greater programming to see those those poverty numbers of 24% decrease decrease and decrease even more to see our community be a haven for people to live better lives. We need your help to make it happen. This is a community organization. The Shoals Dream Center is your organization to make an impact in generational poverty. For $25 a month, it provides groceries for one family for the entire month, which is an incredible, incredible rate. For $75 a month, you sponsor a kid at Dream Center Academy and make all that possible and happen to see them dream again. And so we're praying for a thousand monthly partners in the next two years at $25 a month so we can move this ministry forward and make it healthy and make a greater impact than we're making right now. So I want to ask you to partner with us. Jesus decided to serve and volunteer at the Dream Center to help us serve these families better, whether it's in food or whether it's in our thrift area, or whether it's in Dream Center Academy. There's tons of need that you can make happen here in the shows. So to find out more, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Shoals Dream Center, or also join us online to find out all about the Shoals Dream Center and to get more information and to sign up for our monthly newsletter and to become a partner at ShoalsDreamCenter.com. ShoalsDreamCenter.com. Become a partner and help us help people dream again.
The show's Dreamster actually started as a dream for Lowe's and Fishes. It was just a dream by Pat Smith, who wanted to feed the hungry people in our community. She started out of the back of the trunk of her car, literally taking food from house to house to people who needed it. Then it grew from there into a little small rental space that then they started giving out food. They outgrew that. At one point, it was the youth room which was part thrift store and part warehouse for Lowe's and Fishes. And it grew Pat Smith and, and many, other, many other people, Mike Lee, Jimmy Hayes, were all instrumental in seeing this thing continue to grow because what they learned was that a dream starts small, but it ends big. What they learned that was no matter how much help we gave, there's always more need because Alabama is the fifth poorest state in America that over 21.6% of the people just in Florence live below the poverty line. And so for 30 years, Lowe's and Fishes was serving the community by giving them food and help. And we wanted to move that to adding more programs and resources to help move people out of poverty, not just to stay in poverty. We want to give them hope for tomorrow. And since we started the Shoals Dream Center, we went from feeding 250 families a month to now in two years, over a thousand families a month. That's families. And the poverty line in a town of 32,000 people, 8,000 people live below the poverty line. That means there's 7,000 families we're not serving that need help. And it's amazing. And the ministry's gotten so big and so cumbersome just with all the logistics. This past year, in 2020, we made the decision as the elders of the church to give the ministry to the community. So we literally said, how can we, because our church only runs 700 to 800 people, and we're serving over 1,000 people just in the Dream Center. How can we make a bigger impact? And so we said the best way to make a bigger impact is to get more people involved. What churches are we connected with that can make an impact? What community leaders can help make an impact? And so we moved the Dream Center from a ministry of the chapel to being its own ministry outside of the chapel as a 501c3 of its own. And so kind of the bylaws, there's always four members of chapel that are on the board. There's three at large. The pastor of chapel will always be the president. But if you'll throw those board members up there, our board members are myself as, as chairman, Caleb Chambers from Church of the Highlands, is vice chairman. Dr. Jimmy Shaw is on the board. Our secretary is Ryan Albert from Chapel. Pastor Doug Ferris at Underwood Baptist is our, one of our directors. Sanja Kroon from Chapel and Florida City Schools is one of our directors. And our treasurer is Phil Wellington. Our desire is not to hold on to something for Chapel, but to make a bigger impact. And we realize there's people outside the walls that can help us make a greater impact because there's so much more need than we're actually serving right now. As I talk about dream thieves, I can literally lay these three thieves down. That are the people we serve, I want to, I want to give you some numbers, that are the people we serve food to. And that's over 2.9 million pounds of food just since March of 2019. Most of them are single mothers. 76.8% of the people we serve are female, 35% are divorced, and 21.3% are widowed. And what we've kind of dug through the anecdotal data and information is this, that the reason we're serving so many divorced or widowed single mothers is because many of them either get married or pregnant when they're younger in high school. They set their dream aside for a relationship. Their relationship is not strong enough 
to take care of them nor their dreams. So they, they lose their dream. They're stuck in a relationship. They haven't went to college, haven't got a trade, don't have a skill. And at some point, their marriage falls apart, whether both parties are in error, one party's in error. But there's a woman who's left to parent children by herself with absolutely no way to provide for them on their own. They don't have a trade to fall back on. They don't have an education to fall back on. And so they get stuck in a system to try to fill the gaps where the husband should have been filling the gaps. Now the husband's gone and working now. He's paying his child support, but it's not enough to take care of his mom. It's a toxic relationships that cause the poverty. One of the stories is a lady who actually works for the Dream Center now that, that comes. She was coming, she, she was a young single mom. She never received help before. She came because she just couldn't meet all her needs with government assistance and with, with everything else. And so she was actually coming and she felt so valued, so loved, so welcomed, so cherished. She said, I've never experienced any ministry like this in my life. That she actually applied and now works so she can do the same thing for other women and other people that come through the Shoals Dream Center. The other side is the survival mode. We're going to adopt a block in West Florence today. And there's a lot of political theories out there, but I'll tell you this. When you grow up in generational poverty, you don't know any other way of life. When we talk to young people over there or even ones that come to Dream Center Academy, if I asked your kids, what do you dream about being when you grow up? They would say president or a business owner or a fireman or a policeman. If we ask them in West Florence, these young kids, five, six years old, will say the drug dealer or a rapper or maybe an athlete because that's the only success they've ever seen happen. And when you're in survival mode, it's hard to dream about thriving than Dream Center Academy. Seeing these numbers that we've seen kids that were failing in classrooms, D's and F's, D's and F's, test F's, only to find out that the kids aren't dumb, the kids don't know how to read. And they're failing the test, not because they didn't know the answers, they couldn't read the questions. And some amazing interns from UNA were able to sit down one-on-one with a student and discover the fact that this kid is brilliant. This kid just can't read, and this kid can't read because mom and daddy can't read. And the school system sometimes, at no fault of their own, just because of numbers sake, just push the kid off to the side as if they're not smart. When it's not that they're not smart, it says no one's taking the time to believe in them. Toy is telling me one of her best interns right now is somebody who comes and serves beyond their hours at UNA, comes and serves and serves and serves, and Toy finally asked her, said, why are you serving beyond the the requirements that you have for your degree. And the girl said, well, when I was growing up, my grandmother received food from loaves and fishes. And I told myself that if I'm ever in a place where I can give back, I want to give back for them taking care of me. And so we're seeing a a full generational cycle that this young girl who's in school at UNA, who wants to be a teacher and serve kids, sees that the Dream Center was one of the ways she is where she is, so now she can make a difference and give back. Because we live in an area where poverty is a way of life. And it may not be for you, but when 8,000 people out of 32,000 people in our community live below the poverty line, that means one in four people you meet 
don't know how they're going to pay the bills or how they're going to feed their family. And regardless of what our political affiliation says, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 25, 35, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Proverbs 19, 17, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deeds. I believe one of the reasons that chapel is so financially healthy, that we're not in debt, we don't have to beg for money, that we steward what God brings in. I believe one of the reasons why we're financially healthy is because for 40 plus years, we have lended to the poor. We're going to give, we're going to give, we're going to give. And this scripture in Proverbs says, as you give to the poor, you're lending to the Lord and he will repay much better than any bank, any stock market, any business investment will ever repay. And so I stand here today to tell you, one, that this is a, you're looking at a miracle in the Dream Center. For a church our size over 40 years to see us have commercial real estate in a growing, thriving area, not for retail, but for giving food and resources away is a miracle. For us to have given three million pounds almost of food in less than two years away is a miracle. For us to mentor 22 to 25 kids a semester by using the same curriculum that their school uses, but to reteach it one-on-one with each and every student is a miracle. To see the impact we're making is a miracle, but there's always a need for more. As we dream, there's ways that we could actually move the ball forward in helping move people out of poverty to be kind of like that young woman at UNA who wants to come and give back. We, we want to see those stories happen more often. There's resources we want to, we want to move to a case management style where each person is receiving individualized care and strategy and resources to move forward in life. We want to see addiction recovery resources so we can attack the opioid epidemic. We want to see more training, more students in Dream Center Academy. There's more we can do, but it takes resources. And so as we've extended, we used to do the whole uh, once a month loaves and fishes offering during this whole separation period, trying to rebuild the Dream Center, we're now at the point we can start doing that again. And here's how you can help the Shoals Dream Center, because this is your ministry. This is your ministry. You should be proud of it. You should be telling people about it. You should be happy for it. You should pray for it every time you drive past it. You should look forward to serving at the Dream Center because it is doing the hands and feet of Jesus in the Shoals. There's a few ways that you can continue to help. One is to pray. Literally just pray. Pray for financial resources. Pray for opportunity. Pray for the Spirit of God to saturate every single area of the Dream Center. Two, you can serve. You can volunteer to serve once a week, once a month. Bring your family. If you're a business owner, bring your business to serve to get them thinking selflessly instead of selfishly. You can also give that the greatest gift you can give the Dream Center right now is a monthly partnership so it gives us incomes throughout the entire year. And those numbers, we said $25 a month covers one family for groceries each month. So for $25 a month, your family can sponsor. That means you're giving up one trip to Jack's so one family can eat. $75 a month helps cover all the overhead for Dream Center Academy so one student can come and be mentored and tutored and loved on and encouraged and built up. 
You can also give a one-time gift that we're this year, after COVID shutdowns, snow shutdowns, and then retail, thrift retail cranking down because everybody's getting free money from the government. People want to shop at other places rather than thrift stores. Like we need to make up a $100,000 gap between our, our budget and our expenses between now and the end of the year. And so you can help do all of those things. But I want to specifically challenge you to be a monthly partner. Instead of doing a monthly offering, if you just said, me and my family, we can do $25 a month. Maybe your family can do more. Our family does more. We, we monthly partner at more than $25 a month. But you, maybe you can do $25 or $50 or $75 a month. If they'll throw that graphic up, all you have to do is text the word DREAM to our number. It's going to send you the link for the show's Dream Center donation because that's being separated from the church. You can give that, but I also need you to share that on social media and with the community because there's people in the community we need to get involved in the Dream Center. Second thing, tomorrow night is the open house of the Dream Center where you and your friends or your family, you can invite anybody you want to, can come for popcorn, old-fashioned Pepsis, walk to the Dream Center, hear the stories for the Dream Center, hear the vision for the Dream Center, and show this thing off to your friends and family. And be proud of it. It's going to be a fun night, a celebratory night at 7 p.m. But outside that, just pray. And if you would, I just want you to stand to your feet all over the room. And if I can have all our employees from the Dream Center, if y'all just come down front, I want to pray for you guys as well. So some amazing employees that serve faithfully, volunteer faithfully, work hard, work tirelessly, work to create an environment where people are encouraged and loved and cherished and valued, where people come not just to receive food. We have so many stories of people, specifically widows, that just come to be loved on. I guess the only time they get to be loved on and encouraged is when they come meet with some of our incredible employees. So I want you to just reach your hands towards them right now. And Father, we thank you for entrusting us with the Shoals Dream Center. We thank you for the amazing ministry it does in this area. We thank you for the thousands of families it feeds. Father, we thank you for the amazing kids that in 20, 25 years, we're gonna hear amazing stories of life change and generational change from these kids being mentored and tutored and loved and encouraged. Father, right now we lift up these employees that create an atmosphere and environment of help and hope and love. We just pray that you set your countenance upon them, that you use their voices, use their lives to echo the encouragement of heaven that you use their minds, give them wisdom and discernment and knowledge to help people navigate the obstacles of life. Father, give them insight to provoke dreams in the people they serve and they meet with. Father, give them hope to share and to pour out into the people that they love on and encourage and serve. And Father, we just pray for the Dream Center as a whole, that Father, for every store and every area of the Dream Center, that it's saturated with your presence, that when people walk in, they experience the real tangible experience, the presence of Jesus. Father, help them to find help in their time of need. But Father, help them discover hope and dreams for a better future. 
Father, I pray for this church that you help us rally behind the Dream Center. Father, I'm praying for other churches to come along and move this Dream Center forward to make a bigger impact where this Dream Center is a light unto the city. So Father, we pray for West Florence specifically right now that, Father, you use the Dream Center to bring hope, to bring light, to bring the salt, to season that community with love and hope. Father, we pray for all the people we serve. That, Father, the dreams that have been stolen, that, Father, you begin to provoke dreams again. Father, those have been broken through toxic relationships, you bring new healthy relationships. Father, those in survival mode, that, Father, you help them find jobs and careers and income to move them out of surviving into thriving. And, Father, those who had their dreams shattered or dreams broken or promises broken, we pray, Father, that you bring new dreams alive in them to bring faith and endurance and strength for every season of life. And Father, we thank you for all those who have gone before us. We thank you for Pat Smith and Mike Lee and Jimmy Hayes, Father, and Pastor Doc Shell, and all the people that have called Chapel Home that have supported this ministry for so long. Father, I'm so grateful for this next season, this next generation, Father. We place this ministry in your hands. Do with it as you will and as you please. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Give them a hand real quick.